Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Same bad channel, same bad time, same bad time. Part two. So, in our, terms of what we were talking about, since the same. Oh yeah, let's get into it. Um, you said you had some, you you had some, uh, some some pieces that you wanted to talk about that you wanted to get into. Yes, I did. But before we we, we go into those pieces, uh, the last my my last thing on Godfather in Harlem, which I wanted to ask you about. Um, all right, wait, what do you think about know, the guy? Go, just because you know, the na 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 Batman. Are you Adam West Batman? The, that's the na 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 Batman. Are you Adam yeah, West? Yeah, the, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Okay. Why you ask that? I was just trying to make sure that you're not which Batman you were. I, I want to know who I'm working with right now. Go! <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam West. Okay. Um, the guy playing Muhammad Ali. What you think? Uh, you know, it's hard for me to watch Muhammad Ali. Uh, in, I don't want to say impressions because the guy was acting a character. But now that you have uh, made me aware of the deficiencies in, uh, in someone's uh, cadence. I, 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 I'm my poser, man. I'm Ali, man. You my poser. What am I supposed to do, man? I'm the great of... Yeah, I, it's hard for me to watch other people play Ali now. Incidentally, I have to say this because it, it was it made me laugh. Uh, have you seen that post by Will Smith with him with the dad bod no, I, with yeah, the underwear? I, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Um. So clearly, he's not in movie star shape, and I don't know why he felt the need to post himself in some bikini briefs uh, with nothing else on, with his stomach protruding. Um, Someone wrote in the caption, based off that picture and his pose, she fitting to cheat on this goofy ass nigga again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's okay with it at this point. Hey man, when you're Will Smith and you're the top one of the top A-list movie stars on the planet, and you that rich, who gives a 
fuck what you do. Uh, yeah, I don't. That is some picture, though. He no, you know what? But he's making his shape even worse in this picture. Well, I mean, he could be. Uh, he ain't. He ain't. I am legend ripped. No, no, but he's sticking his stomach out. He doesn't. He he he. Listen, he's in better shape than I am, so I'm not saying shit about him right there. He's in better shape than me and you put together. <laughs> um, but but back to that. Um, you know, again, dude, I think the three hardest real life characters to portray in a movie is Ali, Richard Pryor, and Michael Jordan. Because they all, well, especially Ali and Richard uh, and, and Jordan, they, they have a physical look. Yeah. And it's hard to nail the look and the acting. Yeah, but Jordan's, people don't really know what Jordan sounds like. I don't have to do this. Uh, <laughs> but it's how I play the game. If you don't want to play the game that way, then don't play the game. Break. But Go ahead. there's not that many sound bites. I mean, he's had his commercials and that, but it's not, there's not a ton of Jordan. Uh, but when I say Jordan, I mean more the of the physical performance. Yeah. Well, How do you capture the beauty of what he did physically on the court? Yeah. Well, and they always get Ali wrong, man. That's not how Ali looks. Ali was what big. They always have him cut up in a way that, that's not how box. No, no, brother, brother. When Ali fought Sonny Liston, and when he was in his pristine shape, Ali was chiseled. But he didn't have not abs like that. That that's today abs. Those those dudes had a little bit of weight on him to take a, to take the punches. Mm-hmm. On the stomach area, dude. Go back and look at Ali's. Some of his pictures when he was in his twenties. No, when he was the black and white. When when TV was in black and white, and he fought in black and white. Yo, Ali was chiseled, dude. But when you used to get overly muscly back then, it would slow down your speed. They didn't have the same kind of training that they do. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, Ali was never until after he came back from his exile, where he was suspended for three years. Ali wasn't doughy at all. No, no, he wasn't. But he was, and I, I don't mean doughy. It's just a different look. It's not, uh, even, even as ripped as Tyson is, he never looked like, uh, uh, who, who, did, who did Tyson bite his ear? Holyfield. Holyfield always was cut. Yes. Tyson had more of a fighter body where you're cut, you have muscles, but you just have protection on you too. Here's what I say. Go back and look at Tyson when he fought Peter McNeely. When he first came back, his first fight out of, out of being in jail, Tyson had a six-pack. He never had a six-pack. No. That, he was ripped. That's what I mean. That's what I mean about fighters' bodies, though. Back oh, all right, all right, all right. You know what I mean? They, 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 they weren't right. trying to be bodybuilders. They were trying to have protection and be able to level you. And I, that's, I, that's one of the things. Plus, they still don't make Ali big enough. I always think Ali was a more daunting figure than that. He wasn't a smaller boxer. He was a full-size man. But in terms of performance, did you like the guy? Yeah, he did all right. Not, not, I don't like any of the boxing scenes. There's not a bunch of boxing scenes, but I don't even, I don't even like him in the ring. I, it's fine when he's walking around and talking. Did you like the, the, the guy who played him better in uh, 
one night in Miami? Nope, because I didn't like his complexion. He was my complexion. Ali was a was a was a coffee with cream complexion. When you put cream and coffee, that light brown, Ali was a light brown. I'm a dark brown. Okay. The guy that played him in one night in Miami was dark brown. I, that's distracting to me. When you don't look like the guy, it's distracting to me. Okay. And that skin tone, that's like an American gangster. The night Denzel goes to the fight as Frank Lucas, and he's got the fur. Mm-hmm. Even though the guy didn't have any lines, he just portrayed Ali in the ring. The guy that goes into the ring that night, it's as dark as me. It was distracting. Ali was a nice, light brown. Did you, not, not to take away from anything that you're saying, did you like the scene where uh, Malcolm X goes to pour, takes a little cream with his coffee and goes, the only time I put white, that I want cream in my, I forgot how he said it now. I forgot. The only the, time I like my coffee, the only thing I like integrated is my coffee. I eat my coffee, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they also did that same line in Malcolm X with Denzel. Yeah, they did. Word for word. Uh, so we knew that line. Um, and I will say this before we get off this. One of the things I loved about Malcolm X with Denzel is they showed that moment that to his own admission, Denzel as Malcolm X admitted once he went to Mecca, he was wrong. He had to turn down the volume on the white man, the white man, the devil, the white man, segregation, the white man, the white man. He was so anti-white man prior to Mecca. But once he went to Mecca and saw the Muslims come in white, they all prayed the same way, same beliefs. He turned down the rhetoric. Well, but he kind of, because the the rhetoric was, as you as you're putting it, the white man. But he still made point of the white hypocrisy in America. That was that never yes. changed. That never changed. That stayed at that same. That was at that same volume. But you remember in Malcolm X with Denzel when the white girl goes up and goes, what can a white person like myself, who isn't racist, do to help further your cause? And he goes, nothing. Nothing. Versus when he came back from Mecca, he was willing to work with people. Right, because he also realized that the true, the the idea of being a true Muslim was also to recognize the humanity that that is, is in all brotherhood, not just dude you know and i was thinking about this after i said this after i read even more and it is funny that we fight about our rappers like and i don't mean rapper like rappers musically i mean our rappers what wraps our body our soul these are rappers this is a this everything that's on us when we die goes back into the earth this all rots this is our rapper like it, like a candy bar wrapper. We are just. This is our wrapper. Whatever. Some of us are Hershey's. Some of us are uh, Reese's peanut butter cup. Whatever we are, it's just our wrapper. Some of us. Some of us are a payday with big nuts. Not nuts. <laughs> but that's all we are. It's just our wrapper. The the humanity is who we are. That's who we. Right. That's who. Hopefully, that there is something that we find at the next stage, and that is what we are. Not the wrapper. Uh, and and it, and, it, and I think that that that's the only way that I could see that what he saw. That, but the the hypocrisy of what America was, especially to the black man and how it was, how the black man was treated in America, that he never lost his edge on that. He that he still was holding accountable. He just knew that not every 
white person was in that same uh, uh, I, I don't know how to a bullpen. They were there was different. You know, there were white people that could make a difference. And he said that in in one of the books he writes that he wished he would have had a different answer for that woman. And that answer would have been to go back and tell your people who we are. Go back and educate your people so that they know. Right. And that would have been a that would have been a big changing moment. But I I I, I have I have. Uh, this has really brought me back to reading more about Malcolm X that I haven't read in a while, and, and I'm really, I'm really pleased that I have done so. That this, this is why I say great art like this, this television show, affects you in more than just oh that was nice. Great art is supposed to make you think. As we talk about comedy and what comedy does to you, yeah, you should laugh, you should have a good time, uh, and some things might hurt a little bit because it made you think, it made you see something. So I really appreciate this show. This show has more meaning to me, and I hope it continues. I hope there's a lot more to it because it was it, there's, there's this should be reexamined. And this art form that they did it in, it is not only compelling and keeps you engaged. I feel like I'm getting something out of it. Um, a lot of people keep telling me about Queen of the South, so I might start to check that one out next. I've watched a little bit of it. I haven't gotten into. I, I just didn't get into it yet. Uh, it looks it looks good though. It does look good. Is it about a woman wreaking havoc? Yeah, about yeah. She was put into a position. Yeah. Oh boy, dude! Women gangsters are more ruthless than men gangsters. Mm. When they hit that, when they hit that part, when they hit that point, that they are ruthless. Sorry. I'm sorry because I want. I, I, I could almost feel myself. Saying to you, Andy, you're right. Because everything you told me to watch, that I was like, yeah, I later went, holy shit. So you might be right. Dude, just think about this. Like when you talk, when we watch this film, this, the, and it's mafia, it's the, the idea of the mafia, Costranosa. And uh, when they said, uh, you know, women and children off the table, you know, it's men and it's the people that, you know, Honestly, just the people that are involved in that in 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 the business, right? The, you could take them out there unless they're made men or however the rules are. Dude, when you watch these women, these female gangsters, they bear children. Women have children. They don't care about kids. They don't care about women. If you're a woman, a woman doesn't seem different to you anymore. It's just part of what the business is. I'm telling you. Yeah. Women gangsters. Once they break down, once they break down to that part where they, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. I know, but it feels like it feels like guns, explosion, slapping niggas around, giving orders. That feels like man shit. I I, I understand what you're saying, and I understand the gangsters that we know of have been men that are the biggest gangsters. But when I see some of this other shit, when women when women go ruthless, uh, it's it's a different kind of ruthless. I can't remember her name, but I was remember I remember I was watching some documentary about drugs in Florida and Colombians and Hispanics. They mentioned this one chick who was like one of the most lethal Hispanic female drug cartel yeah. persons ever. I don't remember her name, but to your point, there was this one lady. I would think that would have been made a movie by now. 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, the Queen of the South has a little bit of this in it, so maybe that's the one you're talking about. Watch it and see. I've watched a few. It's episodes. a black chick. Uh, it's a Hispanic chick. Really? Uh huh. Well, let me ask you this: You've seen two episodes. Did it grab you immediately? Yeah, no, it did. But like, I have so many different things that I'm watching and juggling around and trying to get to. Like, I haven't like when when I before I called you today. Three times I tried to watch uh, some of uh, City on the Hill, but I just haven't had time for it. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, there's so many things that I still, that I'm already plugged into and trying to fit something else in. Okay, that being said, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that takes me to that. Uh, dog, please don't, uh, please for me, whatever you're watching, give, if you have to put City on the Hill on a shelf for a second, to, to do what you got to do and come back and give it its proper justice, please don't fall off one city on a hill because I said to you I was going to binge watch. And there's only two more episodes left tonight and next week. But I made the mistake I made, which is I opened up the bag of chips and I, and I, and I ate one, I ate two, and then I couldn't stop. So I've seen all of them up till tonight's and the last one, which will be next week. Andy, don't fall off on City on a Hill, dog. I'm not it's, going to. It's it's amazing, dude. It's amazing. How, how just just not to get into the whole thing because I don't want to get into it. But how how do you like the new girl though? Now that you've watched her have this season to get it uh, to get to make her your character, her dynamic has changed completely. So I don't mind it because she's taking on a new dynamic. Yeah, because now she's trying to be a better human, a better person. Yeah. Okay. Um. But as far as where they're going with it, particularly with Roar, Jackie Roar, uh, Kevin Bacon's character, and Alden Todd's character, uh, Yorsi. It's getting juicy, baby. All right. Be- it's getting juicy. Before, because I don't want to go over there because I still want to finish up on The uh, uh, on, um, uh, Godfather of Harlem. What do you think about the political uh, – how are you feeling – and this is this is interesting to me because there's a lot of this this has been in the news quite a bit in the last year especially. What do you think about uh, how they're portraying? Well, first of all, what did you think about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? How they played the character in uh, in Godfather Harlem? You know, that's another one. Every time I hear that character, I can't help but think of the nigga from Malcolm X. You were a drug dealer, and uh, now you are you. So it's hard for me. To, 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 to do that but and, and in case for the people that don't notice the guy playing him I think his name is Clifton Davis the guy playing him in Godfather Harlem he was the handsome ass nigga in the TV series Amen with Sherman Hemsley okay um listen I think that and I don't I'm scared to say this because I don't want the food of Islam to be outside my house because them niggas come get you. Uh, I think that character, that per- I think Elijah Muhammad was a snake. And I, and, I, and I think that he, like a politician, had great intentions. But then, like a politician, had his own agenda. Yeah. And, and the reason him and X split was because his political ambitions or agenda was butting heads with the purity of Malcolm X 
and what that is supposed to stand for. Well, yeah, because of what he felt. Who Malcolm X felt he was representing, they, he felt that he needed to have a political platform. Not necessarily platform. He needed to affect what was happening for black people. And that didn't seem... That seemed, you can't affect the lives... Of, you can't affect their spirit without affecting the lives of the people that he was, he was there for. And that seemed like a big problem. Uh, but now that we hear also that the FBI was involved... They're saying the FBI... <coughs> Had uh, were, were actually the ones who put together the hit on Malcolm X. That's the other. That's the other story that's been uh, that's also a, a, a viable story. Do you think that it could possibly be a combination of both of them working together? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the thing that bothers me is that for all of Honorable Elijah Muhammad's rhetoric. As far as the white man this, the white man that. Well, stand your ground. Keep your money where your mouth is. For all your rhetoric about the white man, the white man, the white man, we need separation. The white man is the devil. The white man, the white man. Well, when Malcolm X was trying to do things to further your message because it didn't meet your agenda, your hidden agenda, now he's an outcast. Yeah. Now, now, now you, now you waging war on him. Now you're threatening him. Which so that's why I say, like a politician, you are a hypocrite. You are full of shit. Well, in, in, in outside the story of the of Godfather Harlem, things that Malcolm that bothered Malcolm X about Elijah Muhammad is that he didn't really know the truth. Like he didn't actually know the actual how to pray. He didn't know everything that was supposed to. He really wasn't had true understanding of what being a Muslim was. He knew what being a black Muslim. He knew how to use that for what he was doing in America. But like uh, when Malcolm X did his trip and went to Mecca, that's where he learned. He he felt more awakened to what being a Muslim really was. And that was more of the rift that happened between them as well. Or, Or how about how about for all your talk about protecting the black woman and holding her at a certain esteem and, and, and worshiping and the queen and all that shit and family. Here you are fucking a gang of girls out of wedlock. And having children with them. And having children with them. So that's what I'm saying. Again, nobody is a hundred percent pure. We all fuck up and certainly pussy it's one of the things that, as a man's greatest weakness, as pure as Martin Luther King was, he had side pussy. Fucking Kennedy, side pussy. But that being said, from a political standpoint, you're preaching one thing, but you're doing something else. Your actions are making you a hypocrite. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, you know... But that's what I think is going to be pretty interesting about this if they continue with Godfather Harlem in this direction. That storyline is critical. Uh, and I love what I love about it is I love any story that it advances Malcolm X where you he becomes he's such in white American education, he's a side note to Martin Luther King. And he's not and he shouldn't be. And so when I watch these things and see what's happening uh, in this movie, it's such a great educational process for more. It made me go back and read some more. 
And I, I always right. read anyway. But I, that's one of these things. This is what I love about movies when it's art. It, it, it makes you see past just what the story is. I actually read other articles. I actually updated myself to know what was true in this show versus what I was just reading, what, what, what the show wanted to show me. Because as it says in the beginning, some things have been uh, added more drama to or changed in, you know, for the show. I really feel like this advances. I, I love this show because it really helps show uh, a certain period of time, and it advances your thought if you if you have that in you that you want to learn more. And I do. So. You know, uh, ladies, ladies, <clears throat> to the ladies again listening to this. As much as you hear me talk about pussy and my love for it, and I know some of y'all might think, "Oh, he's being crass," or "It's too much," or "It's an exaggeration." Uh, Please don't ever be insulted by it. As a matter of fact, look at it as the greatest compliment. Because while I say it, I consistently give you proof as to why what I'm saying is not an exaggeration. How powerful is pussy when uh, uh, Bumpy Johnson's wife was clearly fucking this boxer. And this nigga was willing to get killed because he wanted to keep fucking her. She told him, my husband is a gangster. Don't call here no more. It could mean your life. And he still is trying to fuck you. Knowing, nigga, you could end up in the trunk of a car somewhere on a fucking grassy knoll. Ladies, that's how much that box means. We are willing to die. Even if it means we get killed by another motherfucker. Or, bitch, you got AIDS. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> like, it, it, it's that serious. Dude, some of the, um, um, I'm not, I don't know the percentages, but war is usually only over two reasons. Property or pussy. Mm. That's how which powerful. Often, which often men view pussy as our property. Well, see now that's a problem though too. Did you you just rolled another problem into this? <laughs> well, you know, shit. But that's what war is usually over. It's usually about real estate or it's about box. Mm. And I'm sure there's been many uh well without a doubt we know there's personal wars. There's personal fu- most fights that men have are over pussy. Are you kidding me? If men could get pussy by living in a cardboard box, we wouldn't buy a house. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. It's all about pussy, man. Uh, okay, let's switch to the little things. Um, so, have you seen where, uh, and, we, and this almost goes back to our Zack Snyder and Justice League conversation. Warner Brothers is currently looking for a black director and a black dude to play black Superman, which apparently existed in the comics. It did. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I just thought this was another attempt at Hollywood going, let's shake things up and be diverse. And the only way I would have known that was if I was a fucking bad boy. Nothing. But I didn't know that. Well, um, but that's DC, though. He doesn't mind if you're a DC fanboy. No, he, 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 he knows either way. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of people are upset because while they are welcoming to the idea of a black Superman, which existed in the comic books, they're also going, Warner Brothers, you guys made this announcement on Henry Cavill's birthday. And you refuse to do a Man of Steel sequel. Why are you guys so fucking tone deaf to what the fans want? I think it would be great. I ain't going to be the nigga to downplay a black Superman, a black director. Power to the people. But I also go, damn, man, give Henry Cavill. Like, come on, man. Damn. I, this, this, is, this is the issue that I have with it. And it's not a big issue, but it is an issue. If they have a series, like I would wish they had the director and a series that he was ready to do so that it makes sense with the universe. With that comic book universe. That, that's, they need to have a story ready to go. Uh, they're trying to fit. It's, it's almost like they're trying to fit the pegs into the holes that already exist instead of having something ready to go so that you're, putting, you're, you're finding the right pieces for this. Um, if they go get a director that wants to do this, a black director that wants to do this, I'm all down on whatever they come up with. But make it fit. Don't try to force it because this is what this is what we do in America sometimes. We and and this is this is how it works. Uh, there's something here that's happening, and I and you see this move in uh, the like with Black Panther that this movie made a lot of money that black movies can come to market and, and have a universal appeal, but then make a good movie. Don't force this project and then make a bad movie and go, yep, that's what I'm saying. I'm telling you, black Superman, that is never going to work. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. Make sure we have, make sure it's the right movie, the right direct, and we put it together and come, have somebody that has like three episodes ready to go. They find the right guy that makes sense to be Superman. Don't just put something out there just so that you could say you did it. That's my problem. Right. I agree. Here, here. Um, on to quick things number two. And this is old news, but it's something that I had wanted to address. Did you see where a little ways back, uh, I think his name is Hank Azaria. Um, he does the voice yeah, I know on the Simpsons of Abu, yeah. the Indian character. He apologized. And said that if I offended anybody by me doing this voice, I'm sorry. Now, I remember I posted a picture. And they had a split picture of Hank Azaria plus the character. And no sooner than, I, than when I posted it and I said what I said, which is, look, if he was doing something degrading, if he, was, if he said something offensive, if he did anything to slight the culture, yes. Apologize. But if all he did was the voice of the Indian, he did the Indian voice. Which you can't even, if it was live action and they took a white actor, they put him in brown face to play Indian, that's no different from playing blackface. Just a different shade. He did a voiceover. It's a cartoon. No one knows what you look like. So if the voice, which is the selling point, what the fuck is the problem? Well, do you have a problem with the white dude playing the black? Uh, what's the what's from what's the the character there? It's a white dude. What's the what's the black cartoon character? That the, In ter- on what cartoon? Um, isn't it the isn't it Family Guy? 
that they uh, yeah. Peter Cleveland. Sheridan. Cleveland, yeah, and they have the Cleveland show. That's a white dude. I never even thought about that. It didn't matter to me. One, I can't see you. And two, it's a it's it's a funny cartoon. Now you decided to go, let's make Family Guy the live action movie. And you got a white dude in blackface playing Cleveland. Okay, now we have an argument. But a cartoon voiceover. But to to get some fucking break. But some people would say, then why can't you get an Indian actor? Why can't you get a black a black man? What, what have you tried? And he just didn't listen. And here's why I say, people, what you don't understand is, pardon me, acting, performance. I'm not saying that a white Indian voiceover actor. I mean, an Indian voiceover actor doesn't exist. I'm not saying that. But it might not be as common as you think, especially when you throw in comedy. Now be funny. And even if you do voiceover work, you still have to read what's on paper and go, all right, this is funny, but what can I do to make it funnier? What can I bring to it to make it better? And, 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 and I think about it and I go, well... Could they have hired Russell Peters? Maybe. He's a comedian. He's Indian. We know he does the accent. Could they have hired Aziz Ansari? I've never heard him do an Indian accent, but I would imagine that if you Indian, nigga, you know how to do your accent. Unless you a sellout, nigga, like Terrence Williams. And does, can Terrence sound like a nigga? Maybe he's incapable because he's that much of a coon. But if you're in touch with your culture, I know how to be I'm proper guy. And I know how to be that nigga from the streets, nigga. You know what I'm saying, nigga? What am I up that nigga? Bitch! I know how to do that too. But I'm just saying, when you have to be a performer, you have to be comedic, you have to be a character, just because you're Indian doesn't mean you naturally know how to do that. Because you're talking about performing. You're talking about comedy. You're talking about instincts. You're talking about a gut. You're talking about the ability. And because you are that culturally, in terms of your pigmentation, does not automatically mean you know how to perform. Well, here's one of the other problems with the idea of it. And and I'm not saying that I'm having a problem with it. I'm saying here's the problems. This is the way people are going to come at this and look at this. Uh, when you're doing Family Guy, and you might only have five writers in the room performing and doing the voices. You know, the voice of Bart Simpson is a, is a female. They had to find the right voice. That's the one that they chose. So, But that character, that person, I don't know about that person. Let's go back to Family Guy. Uh, I don't know how many writers are in the room, but they only have so many people. And then when they need to add a character, they look to someone who can do this voice. And people, like, say, give them their voices. And then they pick the person that sounds like it because when these for cartoons are first done, there isn't like a huge budget for cartoons. I have multi millions of dollars to get, as you just said, Aziz Ansari. Uh, and they go with whoever can do the accent in the room. The other side of that story would be well, why aren't there more people of color in these rooms? That's the bigger issue. That is the bigger issue. That's the real question. And I mean, maybe if you took the time. To find these people, and he's still again finding them is one thing. 
but they got to be able to deliver. Just because you're Indian, okay, you're Indian, but can you do voiceover? Have you ever done voiceover? Are you a comedian? Can you, can you, can you, your timing, your, can you improvise? Can you take what's on paper, look at it, and figure out how to make it better? What do you bring to the table other than your skin color? Well, and the other question is, if you are someone, a prominent comedian that has uh, a fo- following and some skills that they can do the voiceover, they have acting skills, they're funny, uh, do you have time to do a cartoon? Do you have time to be there with the other things that you're doing? And if you are, if whatever your ethnicity is, do you want that to represent that cartoon Babu to represent you? I, I can't. I can't let you. I can't let you do that ethnicity. Thank you. But do you want that to represent you? I mean, maybe Aziz Ansari doesn't want that character. That could be a factor too. I, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it could be. So these are questions that have to be asked. But I'm sure there are people in Hollywood that are working as comedians, that are Indian, that have experience, would like that part. Uh, but they're not in that room. That's the question. Why aren't they in that room? Can we? Uh, well, we know the answer to that question. Well, well who, who makes Family Guy? What's his name? Uh, Seth. Oh, I, don't, I know it's not Rogan. McFarland. McFarland. McFarland, yeah. Well, do, I mean... Do you, as anyone else, when you come up with a certain group of people, that that's the people you take into the room with you. So does he not have right. enough variety of friends in his room? Uh, great question. I think that's the question. Like you just said, I think that's the bigger question. Let me ask you this. And I never was a real Simpsons nut, but I've seen it. Um, did you think that that character was offensive? Which one? Abu. Abu? No, but it's comedy. It's comedy. Which means it should be allowed to offend. It should without, be. Without, without degrading the culture. No, as long as it didn't... De- I don't think that it degraded, but it showed someone... You know, it's always when you go to the stereotype, the accent, that's the stereotype. Um, but that's kind of what cartoons do. I mean, does did did... I mean... Are there any rabbits that are offended of Bugs Bunny? If rabbits could suddenly talk, is this their talking point that they would be mad about? Yeah, but the difference is rabbits as talking people don't exist. Indian cartoon characters as talking people exist. Yes, they do. And so you and as an Indian, though, uh, you know that people talk that way. It's someone in your family talks that way. Yes. So is, yes. is it offensive, though? That, and that's to your question. I don't think it's offensive. Is it? I don't either. But. If it was done to be offensive, that's a different story. I don't feel it's ever done to be offensive. Dude, and here's my thing. And here's why when I posted it, I took it down. Sure enough, here we go. I had Indian people hit me up. You fat motherfucker. You don't know what it's like to be Indian and blah, blah, blah. Now, you're cussing me out, which I'm fine with. But you know what's funny to me? is me imagining you cursing me out with that accent. <laughs> Oh, you fat motherfucker, you don't know what it's like to be Indian, you black bastard gorilla nigga. That's funny to me. <laughs> I mean, but see, this is where a comic's mentality is way different than the regular person. Yeah. 
I, I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for me. If it's not made, if I am not doing anything intended to hurt you, and if you can't show me that what I did was painful, if you show me that why this is bad, I'll be the first to go, okay, I won't do that anymore. I'm not going to apologize for it because I was trying to do something. Mm-hmm. But I'll stop doing that if you show me what was wrong with it. But just because it is the, I, like I said, you know, we, we do the we do the Asian, the broken English Asian voice that fixes all grammatical errors in any mm-hmm. room that we've done. I was at, and I and I even taped a guy and, and sent it to you that when I was at the airport, that was the voice, that was the Asian guy doing his, and I wasn't making fun of him. That's what he was doing. I understood right. him. I knew who he was. I can't be mad at that. And if you're mad at me because I'm on, that, that's, I'm not trying to deme- that wasn't to demean you. That if anything, I'm elevating your character because you are important enough to me that you, I put you in what I do. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. What would you feel like though if they did a, a whole cartoon and it was uh, it was black dudes? Let, let's 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 break it down though a little bit. It's all it's supposed to be a black cartoon. All the people are black. They do it like a street level, like pimps, hookers, and... and Motherfuckers motherfuckers is talking in the stereotype. And and, and they're white guys that are doing the voiceover. Depends on the context. Depends on the context. But you can see... No, no, it, it, it comes down to, again, are you laughing with me or are you laughing at me? If what I'm watching, I can tell, oh, they're laughing at us. They're mocking us. Yeah, I have a problem with it. If they're laughing with us in the context of what it is, that's a different conversation. I think, though, we would still want more black people to be involved in that. I wouldn't want to hold I, I think there should be on certain levels. But in terms of performance. Got you. No, I got what you're saying there. Yeah, no. Yeah. If if the performance is... If if, if, if the director's black, the people in power are black, the writers are black, some of the stars are black, well, then what are you mad at? If in terms of performance, depending on the context and the agenda of the moment, I'm not mad at that. But if everybody's white, the director, the producer... The stars, the writers, and, and like we said with Bill Maher, there's no black point counterpoint. Then, then I have a problem with it. Okay, that's fair enough. What do you guys? Last say? thing. Okay, and I got one. I got Last. one thing. I got one thing I want to tell you too. After when we're all done, got one left. Oh, when we're done? done no, no, or? no, no. Before you, I want you to do your part. Oh. But I got one for you that I want to bring up. All right. Again, I know this is old news, but I wanted to talk about it. Uh, Paul Pierce being fired from ESPN because he had that video of him in his house with the strippers and his boys and smoking weed and hanging out, doing what he's doing. Do you think they were wrong for firing him? Because here's my take. It'd be different if the nigga was on ESPN and brought in some hookers and weed and niggas is on camera doing foul shit. That's the brand. That's the business. This man's in his personal home. He's not at work. He wasn't doing anything illegal. So why is he being fired for what he does on his off time 
attacking. Well, it goes back to this. I got there's two way two things on this. One, no, I don't think he should have been fired because, as you said, he wasn't doing anything illegal. That, that's that's right. the main part. Uh, right. And there's plenty of people that we know have done illegal things and got to keep their jobs. Right. But this is a different time right now that we're in. And okay. so as, as things are right now, it seems if anybody does anything that is... Uh, that it can be misconstrued or or put in a different way or to show that it's not of a high standard. They they seem to be trying to to, to hold everybody accountable to this standard. I I don't think that it was right on what he did, but I also understand uh that seems to be the direction that we're doing things in right now. So is it is it is it out of what I'm, what I'm saying, I didn't agree with it, but is it is it out of character for what's going on right now? Is I guess what I'm saying. I don't know that it's out of character for what's going on right now. Why, do you, when you say you don't think what he did was right, why are you saying that? I didn't say I, didn't say I don't think what he did was right. I thought he, he wasn't doing anything illegal. I'm saying... No, that, no, but... Go ahead. You, you say you didn't agree with... You thought what he did was wrong? No, no. I don't... He didn't uh, do anything illegal. There's nothing wrong with what he was doing in his house. He was listening to music. He talked shit about the NBA, though. Didn't he say something about the NBA? I don't, I, I or ESPN. Or ESPN. He kind of said... I, I don't know... I don't know what exactly was said. I know that there's a gray area there where he said something that... I even think he said, if this is on, I'm going to get fired. Or I might get fired. for. I don't know how it was said. But there was an awareness that there's a when you sign these contracts, you sign those uh, the contracts about your image and protecting the image, the brand. And so, I, I don't know what that I don't know what that contract looked like. I don't know what it was, but obviously, I don't think they're getting sued. So obviously, there's something in the contract that validated what they said, what they what what they did. All right, all right. Well, well, well I don't think it's fair. If, I don't if, think it's fair though. Right now, in this time. Did you have your personal page and someone can go to your personal page and go, I don't like what he said on his personal page and go get someone fired. No, I don't agree with that. I, I, if you're well, not doing I, anything I, illegal. I, I didn't know about the contract saying you have to protect the image. Now, if that's the case, if you willingly sign a contract that stipulates you have to carry yourself a certain way, and the protection for the brand, and you violate that, well, then okay. But but see, I understand that. But here's the problem with that as well. I, I and, and I I love this because people when they listen to me, I like to come up with all the sides. I'm not saying I agree with any one of these. I like all the sides. Here here we go with the sides though. Protect the brand, the image. I don't know what his contract was. I do know that in a lot of contracts they have that about image protection and you know and and not being detrimental to the brand. But right now. Right now, it you can speak openly about being LBGTQ in this in the community right now, and you can right. speak positively about that. And you're there would be no problem with the brand on that. And we know that because uh, Dwayne Wade does that right now. Uh, people are speaking out. Dwayne is retired, but he's still. I, I believe he does some some basketball still, doesn't he? I don't know if he does or not. But right. as of today, that would be fine to have that conversation on your on your page but 10 right. years but 10 years ago if you would have brought that up would you be fired for that 
See, that, that's, that's what's very interesting about this and how in flux we are, how everything is changing. Like you just said, if, he sm- if you're smoking weed and you're legally smoking weed, but the brand doesn't feel good about you smoking weed, is that enough for you to get fired? But aren't we in a moment where we're realizing that weed isn't something that we, need, we should be wor- worrying about? Maybe, but we're not, we're not completely clear and legal on weed everywhere. Okay. I'm just saying this is, it, it's the trying to understand this at this time is very difficult because it is moving and it, and, and it, it does change on what you can say and what you can't say. And I don't think I, what I saw, what he said, I didn't feel, I didn't think he, I wasn't sure if he was going to get fired, but I saw other right. sportscasters going, no, he's going to get fired. Right. And it's and it's on that it's I, I forgot the exact words, but it's on the image protecting the brand is where it is. Well, then again, if 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 if, if that's in the contract, and you knowingly and willingly sign that contract, knowing that's the case, well, then yeah, you fucked up because you signed that. But if that wasn't in the contract, what you do on your personal time, you should be allowed to do on your personal time. As long as you're not breaking any laws. If you're not breaking any laws, you're not demeaning anyone. I don't know how that's a problem, but I think he said something about the league or ESPN. I think he did say something. Oh, oh and that, well, man, that might, yeah. I don't, I don't remember the quote because it was a while ago, but I remember that I thought there was something said. Um, here's my, and this kind of goes along with what you're saying, um, but you remember when uh, we were having the election, and I had some people hit me back to that were irritated with what I said. I said, I'm, I'm not voting for either one. I'm voting for the media. This is what the media wants, and but I I want to hold the media accountable. Uh, do you remember somewhat yeah. of that? Right. Well, uh, recently it was just announced the New York Times has been doing a fact check on Trump, and it was fact checking everything Trump said. And so when Biden went into office, they started fact checking everything Biden did, and they called out the things that were correct on what Biden did, which are important so that we can we can see and know what's happening. And call out, no matter who it is, if they're president, if they're leading, we should all know through if, the, if, if you're, what's good for one side is good for the other side. That's all I'm saying. And I was for it. I was for their fact checker. They just announced that they're, after Biden's 100 days that they're going to give up the fact checking, that they don't need it now. This is how, this is how things go off rails. Hit. Why aren't the people still allowed to have what? What? What is this? Is this guy so busy that he can't check by? They they don't need this Biden fact checking anymore. Why? Why? Why are they getting rid of it? I don't know. They just don't. They don't. There was. They said they were only going to do it for the first hundred days, and now they don't need it because I guess Biden is above well, approach, and he'll never make a mistake, and we should never have well, fact checking. Well, 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 well I, I don't know that. I don't think anybody's above mistake or approach. But I guess the bigger question is, again, why are they getting rid of it? Because if, it's, uh, if they're getting rid of it because it costs money or because it's a hindrance somehow, then my only argument would be, look, if a motherfucker seems to be doing right for a certain amount of time, I will then pull the spotlight off them until they fuck up. Here, here, here's where it was announced. It was announced after they did uh, the Georgia writing, the, the new Georgia bill on voting. And there was a lot of things that weren't true 
that Biden said in his speech. Not a lot, but there were some. And there's a reason. There's a reason that that the laws that they were passing there. I understand why it would be met the way that it was met, but there are some issues with what was in those bills uh, that aren't greater than what's going on in other uh, other city uh, states. And Biden put it out a certain way, and there's a lot of people who said that this should be debated. It should be debated openly. Yes, there are some there are some things, but. Biden misrepresented it completely. Uh, not everything, but he misrepresented what he misrepresented. He completely was off the mark, and the New York Times called him out on that. And shortly after that, it was announced that they were no longer going to have the fact checking. Now, okay. I'm not saying that I agree with the uh, Georgia voting laws. I agree that there may be some things that were said that aren't true, uh, and some things that are deliberate. I, I, and I get that. But with any time that you do not hold people accountable 100%, you're always going to fa- find out that people will be taking advantage of things. And I think he should be called out just as much as anybody else. And I don't understand why the New York Times having fact checkers isn't something that is good for the American people. That was it. I just think that we should have fact checkers. I mean, we should be doing our own job fact checking, but it's nice when you open up a paper and a paper's breaking it down, especially a paper that is that sides normally with someone. I think you take another look at it and go, okay, let me read more. I want more information. I want to know more. And I, I, I just don't understand why that's not possible. I don't understand why the New York Times wants to do that. But I knew, I knew that this was more about the people who deliver the message and Biden's a lot more likable. I, I and I don't not did I say I think all politicians are 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 uh, have allegiance to things and I want someone there to check everyone and call everyone out. That's all. I, I think this is a big right. mistake. I think it's a big mistake that they're taking this off. Right. Well let's see what the fallout is, if any. You know, other people will. It's great when there's a a, a party that is interested in just the facts and not saying that uh, when you say a fallout, there doesn't need to be fallout if there's just someone representing the facts and we all make our decisions based on those facts. But we're we're not going to have that now. I know, but we also know that there's a large number of people that even despite the facts, they they don't vote with you know they don't vote based on the facts they don't vote based based on morality they vote vote based on do you fit my agenda be, no matter how right or wrong my agenda is but no matter how noble how moral or not it is how racist or not it is as long as you fit my agenda i'm going to vote that way so fuck facts yeah but I, I like facts. I, as you should. Because they're accurate. Yeah. And, and they give you insight to what maybe you should or shouldn't do. But when you have half the country not giving a fuck about facts, well, then it don't make no difference. Yeah, but it's, I, don't, I don't know if it's half the country. I, I, I feel like it's... It's, it's damn half. Um, yeah Trump supporters knew what the facts were 
and they chose to ignore them or label them fake news. No, there's a lot. So, there's a lot of issues with that. But we also had, um, we also had the New York Times calling that out and being non-biased and putting out the facts. Have it for the other side, even if they're not as busy. I'm glad they're not as busy. But when there's something that needs to be called out, call it out. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that they're not as busy. Understand that. Uh, like I said, I voted for the media. I voted for the what was going to be best for this country. And I obviously don't think that we had great choices, but I knew the media was going to be willing to work and, and do more for this country right. than just divide us. And this is just where they just don't want to do now. They just want to be done. They want to be happy with where they're at. This is not where it is. We need to be honest. I like honesty. I do too. But we'll see what happens. Maybe the, maybe they'll decide to keep it keep it going. And I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care. We can we can get facts. We can get information from other places. It's just nice when it's some when I like that they uh, I like the report that they did. Not because. I, I read it diligently and understood exactly everything that they talked about, but I liked that that other side that normally would, would, would fall a certain way went, wait a minute, let's take a look at what you said and let's see if this is really 100%. It was nice to see that there was some, that the Times was doing their job. That's it. Well, let me just say this. Um, and if it's good enough for the goose, it's good enough for the gander. Um, I was wrong about Kamala Harris. Uh, While I celebrate the fact that, yes, from a historical standpoint, we got a black woman as vice president, and that should mean something in terms of cultural symbolism. Uh, I was wrong about her uh, because that whole thing where she agreed like that one cool nigga, Tim something, the black representative, the black Republican, that there's no racism in America, it's absolutely absurd. Did he, um, did he say that there's no racism in America, or did he say America wasn't a racist country? And I know that... Sounds but potato, potato, potato. No. Same thing to me. Well, the system is definitely racist. It's, All right, but when you say racism, America's not a racist country, How, what are we defending here? Yeah, no, you're right. Seriously. Semantics. Semantics. Okay. So that being said, and I big shout out to Godfrey, that character that he did, I don't know if you saw it. The straw hat? Character. The straw hat? Yeah, nigga. Oh. And while I know there are some people hearing me say this going, oh, shit, Aries admitted he was wrong. I don't have a problem admitting I'm, I'm wrong. But don't think that I'm going to follow this up with I was wrong about Obama, too. Fuck you. <laughs> I stand my ground on Obama, nigga. Well, but that being said... I was wrong about Kamala for her to say that and and not that, you know, her having a white husband should matter, but it's just ironic to me that it always seems to work out where you got your white husband. Now you're making a statement like that. It's not a good look. Um, yeah, well, she went along. She, she was towing the, the company line that it wasn't uh, a racist country as she was one. And you know, it's unfortunate for her to have said that because she's also in her position that she had, 
she put away more black men than almost anyone else in California. So if she, if she, by her saying that. But I also defended that to a degree by saying, look, some of them niggas needed to be put away. But if it's her job to put away criminals and wrongdoers, she did her job. I Granted, but as you see that how policing is done in California and the problem with policing in California, sometimes it's not just your job as we're looking at what's happening with Larry Krasner in uh, Philadelphia, who they're trying to get out of the DA's office because he's been overturning wrongful convictions and they want to bring back someone who's more police friendly. Remember this, this, the police sometimes feel like they have their hands tied. I am not anti-police. I'm anti-bad policing. But when you have your hands tied, maybe you need better evidence. Maybe you need to get more. And if it was my brother or my sister, my mother that was hurt by someone and I want to believe that person did it, I, I understand the feelings that they're trying to do, but that isn't the way this is set up. And there's been wrongfully convicted people going to prison because of this. Because we want, we, we want to have punishment for something that's happened and that Punishing the wrong person doesn't fix that situation. So uh, with that being said, her position, she, uh, she was actively helping the system put away people that maybe she could have questioned more. That's my point. Uh, yes, she definitely put away people that should have gone to jail. Did she question uh, everything that was happening in California? California has not, does not have the best record when it comes to convicting people of color? Well, I don't know any state that has the best record when it comes to niggas well, being convicted. Look at the numbers. Uh, the numbers are high in California. Okay. So uh, last, I, that's not to, sh- that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to demean her accomplishments out there. I'm asking the question. I'm asking a question, not saying anything about her, but go on. Last piece of business before we leave, and this is the end on a somber but good note. I saw what you sent me. 1980 siren Tony Katan of music videos of Bachelor Party has died at 56. 50, yeah, 56 or 59. I think it was 59. But go but, ahead. Um, to any of you out there who, again, of, are of my era and Andy's era, you know how this affects you. Uh, Here I go again on my own. On top of uh, two Jaguars. Jaguars or Jaguars? Jaguars. Right. Don't don't try to my my I can't speak English. Uh, I know, but that's why I'm here to correct your white yeah, ass. But she, a black nigga corrected a white man. There you Times go. Times have changed. Uh, I I first saw her when she was in Bachelor Party with uh, Tom Hanks, and I was. She was. I had the biggest crush in the world on her. Well, she was one of them white chicks in the '80s that, you know, and this was before the explosion of black women properly. That you know, you caught a little bit of chub too. You caught a little bit of wood too. She was that hot bitch. Because ass is flat as an ironing board. But we we get it. That's that scene where she uh, she pretends to be the hooker when she's in bachelor party because. Tom Hanks is getting the, uh, is pretending to get a dance and he doesn't know it's her. 
And that scene, I was like, ah, oh, this, this Tawny Katane. Yeah, boy. Again, that was the era where before I came into my own and my love for the Afrocentric black queens, uh, white women, y'all were all we had. They were all we had to look at. So she was one of those that got my little chocolate knob hard. Uh, But once I realized the beauty of our black women, uh, it was over. Once, Once, you know, Vanity came into play. Outlaw out of Last Dragon for Apollonia. Outlaw Lake Minnetonka. Purple Rain. That isn't like White Man- Holes. That isn't like Minnetonka. Man- that isn't like Minnetonka. No, I love when he says that. That isn't like Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> um Sheila E. Uh what's my girl's name? I wonder if I take you home. Will you then on me, baby? Oh, Lisa Lisa Colt Jam. Yeah. Before these women of colors, these bonita mummies, bonitas. All we had was the Cattells of the world. So, but thank you, sweetie. She was there, and uh, she she led a rock star life too. She was she she dated rock stars. She was she was like that girl. Rest in peace, Tony. Man, you. Uh, yeah, that was that that for my for my little for my young. Self that she was she was she was part of my that was, my that, was that era yeah pour some sugar on me uh, uh, oh. <laughs> oh that era that was that was that was the mall arcade games twenty five cents tease that hair up oh nigga moose <laughs> moose you, you went to the mall you fucking Playing video games all day at the arcade, Street Fighter. What else? Oh God, what was the what was the game? I was playing games, dog. It was Street Fighter. What was the one about the black dude, the white dude, and the white do white dudes? Blonde hair, double oh fuck, it's killing me. I don't know that, dude. All the games I played were Defender, Asteroids. Uh, yeah, you seventies. That's seventies. That's the games I played. Eighties was Street Fighter. Oh, uh, double something. It was the white dude and the other white dude. One was a blonde. One was a brunette. It was called Double Something. Don't know it. And you fought in the streets. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a Street Fighter. It was Double. No, Street Fighter was its own fighting game. But this was called Double Something. I, I know I'm gonna get emails on this. Well, good, because tell us what it is, because I don't know what it is. Hold up, nigga. Wait a minute. Real quick, Andy. Google 80s video game double, and the name should pop up. This is like one of the go-to all-male macho games. I want to say double impact, but that ain't it. Dude, I don't have any double. Really? God, let's see. I'll give you the quick 80s video games. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Super Mario Brothers, Frogger, Tetris, Centipede, Space Invaders, Pole Position, Mrs. Pac-Man, Q-Bert, Legends of Zelda. That's all 
early 80s. This is like mid-80s, late 80s when games started to get advanced. 80s arcade. Hold on. I'm going to pull this motherfucker up right now. I don't see anything with double. arcade. And I even I typed double in. Games. Oh, this is fucking pissing me off. This was like the go-to game. Pac-Man Galaga. It shows me Pac-Man Galaga, Donkey Kong, Frogger, Defender. Yeah, all of these. Ah. Oh. Junior, this is going to piss me off. I know somebody's going to hit me up. Fuck it. Double if. Oh. Fuck it. I'll find it. Well, yeah, because I don't know any of those games. All right. Fuck it. Doom? Nah, son. It was, it was, it was. You two dudes, and you wore bandanas, and you just walked through the streets. Oh, that was, uh, I, I know, that that was karate fight, karate something. Nah, it wasn't karate. But even though uh, the one karate game was big, too. Man, I don't see it. Big shout out to Tim Doyle, one of our loyal listeners. He's, he's a gamer. I'm going to read his email soon. Uh, he plays with me. We play Call of Duty together. I know he knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, good. On the next episode, you can come back with it because I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. Fuck! Double something. What? He's okay, games. Double. I'm going to put it in work. Did you put it in? God. I'm putting it in now. He's good. Double, double, double. I put double in it. Nothing came up. Nothing came up? Games, 90s, double. Jesus, this, this was the game when it came out. Like, you would waste dollars on this game. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Double Dragon? Double Dragon? Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that's it. Hold up. That's the karate one. It shows two dudes? Yeah. Yeah, with the headband. With bandanas? Yep. That's it. Double Dragon. Yeah, I don't even know that game, dude. Oh, Double Dragon was shit. <laughs> dude, 90s, I was thinking about having a kid. I wasn't playing Double you Dragon. Were, you were in your homosexual stage. Dude, I was having a kid. I was working on my house. I was wearing shorts and mowing the lawn. Mm, you probably had them denim jean shorts with the white I never, the particles I never, hanging. never had a pair of denim jean shorts. Never those those shorts. You, what, what, what oh, you mean cutoffs? Jokes? You mean cutoff shorts? Cut-offs. Yeah, I had cutoffs. Cut-offs. I had cutoffs. I know you did. I could see you with your pink toes and heels, uh, with your sandals on, nigga, with your cutoffs and the stringy parts hanging from the from the thigh meat. Dude, I you know. Would, yeah, I'd cut the I'd cut the pant legs off because I needed some shorts for summertime. Summertime. Yeah, yeah, that was a white thing, dude. I don't know what thing it was. It was just that these shorts were free. Those shorts happened to be. I know, but, but yeah, niggas, niggas, we didn't wear shorts with shit hanging from our thigh meat. I, I, I didn't have strings hanging. I'd cut the strings off. I don't like. Not the strings, but you know what I mean. Like the when you cut the leg off, the denim, the, denim, the fabric. Yeah, but I'd cut that. I'd trim, I'd, trim, I'd trim that shit off. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm not going out there with, with like, 
I wouldn't. Yeah, that doesn't look right. That's not finished, man. All right, there it is. You know what I did the the you know what do podcast with Robert Kelly. At the end, we you know when I do these podcasts, I give out the Spearsburg information, and I go for you guys that want to follow Spearsburg, DM me, and I'll send you the links. And Bo- Robert Kelly goes, Aries, why do you have to tell people to DM you? Why don't you just give them the links in your bio? I said, Bobby, because niggas is stupid. And he started dying. You have to literally, like a baby, spoon feed some people. Open your mouth. Here comes the airplane. Goo, goo, ga, 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 ga. There's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there, yo. That don't know how to work podcasts yet. That don't know how to work podcasts, common sense, things that should instinctively come natural to you. A lot of dumb motherfuckers. And I pray on it. That's how I get pussy. <laughs> I pray on stupidity, nigga. <laughs> Dude, I, I just think, for, you know how a lot of comedians have that t- tagline that they like to use? You know, just whatever. Which is. Whatever. Uh-huh. Whatever their tagline is. You know, they just say that, you know, get her done. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I think you should end everything with, and that's how I get pussy. <laughs> Everything should just finish with And that's I don't care if you talk for an hour If you hadn't said it in that hour At the very end of the hour You should just That's like, beautiful And that's how I get pussy And no matter what I'm talking about now how, No matter how different it is Or doesn't even segue naturally Or beautifully Into the tagline Yeah and you know I think if people start voting We could change the percentage In terms of Congress And that's how I get pussy. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, that is it. Uh, yeah, when you're listening to this, right? we're, in, we're, in, we're, in, we're at Stand Up Live when you're listening to this right now. So we're officially in Phoenix. We're in Phoenix. When you're listening to this, you're going to hear this on Wednesday. On Thursday, we're at Stand Up Live. Be there. Right, because on Wednesday it'll be the 19th. Right, we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Stand Up Live. I can't wait. You know where I love Phoenix, right? Oh, are we there Sunday? I don't even know if we're there Sunday. We're definitely there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Why? You love Phoenix for a lot of reasons. But what do you think the main reason is? Because that's how you get pussy. You beat me to it, you <laughs> cocksucker. Because I was going to say, if, again, if I'm an athlete and I'm looking on the schedule, and I look at this city versus that city. There are certain cities where I get laid, nigga. And Phoenix is one of them. You cocksucker. You beat me to it, you bitch. <laughs> I was setting all this up just to end with that. You I know you were. But I, I, I pulled that out because I said it. I wanted to get it once. And now you can have it the rest of the time. It's all you, yours. Fuck you, you cut off jean short wearing, pink toes. Salmon looking bottom of your feet, motherfucker. Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you. You only exist out here because of me. Your fucking warrant don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. All right, uh, musically. Uh, this is from Arlene J.M. Grant. The following link allows for the download of Choose Love Instrumental by Tim Ellis. Uh, please let your listeners know the title is Choose Love Instrumental 
by Tim Ellis and Arlene J.M. Grant because there are a few other songs with a similar, if not same, title. I want to be sure they find it and purchase and streaming on all platforms. Yes. Uh, here it is.